You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 24 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line by the editor of the Western League Bulletin. It is Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm not bad. Yes, I'm not bad. I, I can't confess to have having a particularly footballing weekend, I'm afraid. Um, it was the occasion of my father's 79th birthday, would you believe? Um, wow. So, we, uh, yes, we, we, we went down to the beautiful waterfront city of Portsmouth and uh, had a very pleasant family weekend. And uh, I, I attempted to watch a bit of football on the television, but on... On both times, I was um, I was outgunned by people wanting to watch Peppa Pig. You know, such is the lot of the of the modern day father. Now, I did notice that there was quite a lot of American football on this I'm weekend, about... and um, I know that that is um, that is a passion of yours, isn't it? Yeah, I was about to say I didn't watch too much soccer, so to speak. But yeah, football of the American kind, I was at pretty pretty late, well, early into the early hours of this morning um, or Sunday night. So uh, yeah watching a couple of games and um, only, only the Super Bowl left, so yeah, nearing, the, uh, nearing the business end. Excellent stuff. Well, I mean, I, I did wonder whether we should start borrowing elements of American sports terminology to, um, um, to, uh, you know, to use on the podcast. Mm. So whether we perhaps talk about, you know, in the Les Phillips Cup, Plymouth Parkway at Wells City... Yeah, but, we'd have um, to go with the away team first. Yeah. I, I, I may, maybe I, I think that that's probably more than the Western League can bear, and indeed agree. probably the listeners can bear. It, it would be fair to say, just because the Americans do it doesn't necessarily mean it's a good idea for us to do it. No, it's usually that means it's the wrong way around. I, would, I will admit. Yes. No, I think I, I'd probably agree with that. Anyway, um, as much as that was an amusing aside, we aren't actually going to start with um, um, Plymouth Parkway's 4-0 win at Wales City on uh, Tuesday the 15th, although congratulations to Parkway uh, for progressing in the Les Phillips Cup. We will um, have a quick look in the, uh, in the Premier Division. I think that this was a fixture we discussed last week and um, odd down. They drew at home. I think that's a creditable draw against Bradford Town and um, I'm very pleased to see that for odd down there was 103 people at that match that was a Tuesday night game and I know that that was a that was a feature of my conversation with the manager last week about how we can get more people um along to odd down because they are a, they are a very good side now you um Tom had picked out a game on Wednesday the 16th I think again it was one of the matches that we discussed uh on last week's podcast and it was a monster crowd wasn't it 210 people saw this midweek encounter between Will and Rovers and Westbury United yeah, I mean, brilliant crowd down there, uh, and yeah, hard to ignore as a, the the game to to look forward to. And then obviously now looking back on, I mean, two of the top teams this season, Westbury, done absolutely tremendous stuff since uh, since gaining promotion, uh, yeah, from the first division last year. And obviously Willand uh, looking like the uh, the potential potential champions as bit early as we mark them um, just at the moment, but they are absolutely flying. And yeah, four one win for them against Westbury, um, certainly. It gives them a little bit of a buffer at the top of the table, and that was yeah, in front of a front of a large crowd as you say last Wednesday. And uh, yeah, they made a perfect start, 15 seconds in, and they were ahead. So uh, absolutely flew out the blocks. Luke Mortimer heard plenty about him this season. Uh, he managed to score twice in this game eventually, and uh, yeah, he's he's among the top scorers as as, as we 
as we've tried to keep keep a track of. Uh, and there was also um, Adam Hill and Josh Searle scoring in the first half as well. So it was 3-0 at the break to Willand. And uh, Westbury did uh, try and try and put uh, man to come back. Dan Demke pulling a goal back for them. But then, uh, yeah, Mortimer scoring his second of the, the game. And it was eventually a 4-1 win for Willand. Uh, now we move on um, to the sort of the meat and drink of this week's podcast, which is Saturday the 19th of January. Um, <clears throat> we did have a few postponements um, this weekend, but not t- too many, um, particularly in the Premier Division, where there wasn't a particularly full um, roster of games anyway. So um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll start off uh, with Buckland Athletic. They were at home to Hallen. They were, and uh, yeah, a pretty good win, I think, with... Um Kind of getting back to winning ways, uh, pretty important for Buckland, and they did it, yeah, pretty comprehensively. Uh, two goals in either half in this one. Uh, so it was Ryan Bush uh, with a left-footed finish putting them ahead, uh, and then Chris Todd heading home just before the break uh, to, to give them a two-goal lead at half time. Uh, and then it was pretty late on. Added two more. Uh, Jordan Ewing, uh, he scored twice, and uh, yeah, it was a pretty pretty good four-nil win for Buckland. One of their uh, yeah better victories of recent times. Well, I'm delighted to welcome, for the first time, to the Tool Station Western League podcast, the manager of Buckland Athletic. Of course, we've had Buckland on already uh, this season, early in the season, but um, there, there was a there was a change at the top. So I'm delighted to welcome Richard Pears to the um, to, to the Tool Station Western League podcast. Richard, before we get on to your um, your game against Hallen, um, uh, well, first of all, thank you very much for for joining us uh, on the on the podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about your footballing journey um, to the to the Buckland dugout? It's kind of been a yeah a slightly bumpy ride, I suppose. I um I've kind of previously uh, managed Exmouth Town in the Southwest Peninsula Premier League, and um, had a very kind of couple of um, really good seasons with them. And you know, we won um, the League and Cup double. We um, got through to the last 16 a couple of years ago, um, and then I decided to, um, you know, really go for it and took an opportunity to manage Barnstable in the, um, obviously in the Southern League, um, which unfortunately didn't go so well. Um, and, um, you know, for various reasons, I decided to kind of uh, leave that role um, and then kind of sort of really just kind of lost my um, love for the game, really. I you know, I, I don't think I've hidden the fact that I felt very let down by Barnstable um, in regards to the support I received and, and certainly the dynamics within the club. So um, went kind of back to, to managing uh, locally with, with Silver Town Football and the football club in the South West Peninsula East uh, division and kind of re-established my, my love for football. And then, you know, then there was an opportunity to potentially manage Buckland in in October, and I think you know when when Buckland Athletic Football Club comes knocking, um, you know you don't turn it down. So um, you know it's got absolutely huge potential. It's got so many fantastic volunteers and support. You know, great facilities, and you know, and also a really good team. So you know, it was nice to um, you know at Barnsley, I certainly had to kind of rebuild things from start to you know certainly from scratch. Um, so it was nice that I was coming to a really good club with massive potential and also there was a really good, you know, basis and foundation of a of an excellent, you know, side as well. So, um, you know, I'm loving absolutely every minute of it. Well, that's excellent to hear. I mean, we, I'm well aware of the fact that Buckland 
are a big club with big expectations. Now, is that what you found since um, since agreeing to take over as manager this season, or, or were you given um, some slightly more modest targets in your in your first season in the hot seat? No, no, no. There's been there's been very modest targets, you know, and, and certainly um, considering the um, you know the unfortunate start that the that the club had to this this year's this year's campaign. Um, you know, there was there's been no expectation on um, for me really from the club um, to kind of finish anywhere. But I think you know my own expectation coming into the job from October was certainly you know to try and finish in that top six. Um, you know, we've still got uh, we're still involved in two cups, the Devon Bowl and the Les Phillips Cup, which you know potentially um, you know there's a there's certainly a winnable route to the to the last four um, for us with the current draw. So. Um, you know that that was kind of my own ambition, and you know I've been trying to portray that to the players since my arrival. I mean, ultimately, I, I, I think it would be fair to say that Buckland are, are, are a team that's that's had its sights on the Southern League for for quite some time. Um, so, is that the expectation you feel that if you've stabilised the club this season, that next season, and um, this is a this is a the long term project at Buckland is is promotion? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know certainly for me, it's been a. It's been a while since I've been in, you know, been back in the Western League. Um, you know, I've, I've kind of played, um, you know, quite a few number of seasons for Exmouth and and Willing Rovers in the Western League. But you know, now as a manager, I've, I've kind of, you know, I've not really ever managed um, in the Western League. So it's, um, you know, it's been it's brilliant. Kind of this season is, you know, gives me an opportunity to kind of, you know, do some market research and get a good understanding of, you know, a lot of the clubs in there. Uh, with a real focus to kind of, you know, really giving it a go next year. And, um, you know, like I said, we've, um, you know, there's there's always been big potential at Buckland. Um, but, you know, I don't shy away from potential. My, um, I've been really clear with the players that, you know, it's OK having potential, but, you know, you've got to do something about it. Mm. Uh, and certainly next year we will be working very hard in, throughout the summer and, you know, obviously in pre-season uh, to make sure that we do a lot better than, um, than this campaign. Now you've had a you've had an interesting couple of months. I think it would be fair to say um, you've had losses to Shepton Mallet, Parkway, and Bridport. But I mean there have been wins yeah. as well, and in, including obviously that that four nil win against Halland. So who are the real Buckland Athletic? Uh, I don't really know yet. If I'm, <laughs> if I'm completely honest, um, you know I spoke to Clive Jones when we played Wellington the other week, and he said, you know, and I think he summed it up well for me. You know, he said as an opposing manager. Um, you know, Buckland can beat anyone on their day, but you know, you never really know what you're going to get. Um, and I think that's kind of been a, a good summation, really, from um, from my time at the club. You know, you know, I've got a great, uh, a really good bunch of lads um, that have got the right attitude. But at times, you know, I think kind of our um, our approach to games hasn't been great, um, and we perhaps lost games that we shouldn't have uh, to kind of teams that kind of want it a bit more than us. So. We've been really working hard on that. Um, you know, I don't think we've turned the corner, um, but I think the players are realising now the balance about earning the right to play before we can play our the football that we want to play. So, you know, we're, we're kind of working it through at the moment. But yeah, you know, we, you know, we're a team that I believe that can beat anyone in this league on our day. You know, absolutely anyone. But also, you know, when when we've gone away to difficult places, we need to realise that we need to roll our sleeves up and. And certainly, you know, win individual battles and earn the right to play before we can actually, you know, start to play the creative football that I know we can. 
Uh, Helen were an interesting opponent for you, I think, at, at the weekend because I know that they've taken on a lot of the top teams in the division and they've given them a really good game. So, I mean, you've, you've beaten them comprehensively, 4-0. I mean, does that scoreline do your performance justice on the weekend? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, um, you know we had a really good um, discussion before the game. Um, you know, the Hallen game uh, was really good because it gave us an opportunity to bounce back very quickly from a very disappointing result um, at Bridport, you know, for which was probably the worst performance of our season so far, certainly within my tenure. Um, so, you know, what we did is we, you know, we changed a few things around uh, and I changed a few personnel. We had a bit of a different strategy that we, um, that we adopted uh, and it worked really well. And I think kind of, you know, we, um, we certainly were deservedly, you know, winning the game 4-0. And I have to say, I was, you know, I know Ray Johnson would be very upset with the result. But, you know, their team, you know, they, Hallen kept going right to the final whistle. They didn't give up. You know, they're physically, they were very strong. So um, I was really pleased that we, um, you know, especially in the last 15 minutes when, you know, we started to uh, get back on top of the game and kind of, you know, we scored our last two goals in the last 15 minutes. And, you know, one of the big things that certainly we, you know, all the players know, they know that their fitness and levels is not what it should be. Uh, and that's due down to the pre-season that they had. And, you know, obviously, it, you know, it's not great when you have an interim manager come in and then a new manager start. So, you know, fitness levels has always been an issue for us. So it was really pleasing that in the last 15 minutes we went on and managed to kind of, you know, win the game well. Well, I mean, we've talked a bit about the, you know, the, the, the disappointing results in the last couple of months and obviously that, that result on Saturday was a good one. So consistency's got to be the watchword. You've got Cadbury Heath tomorrow and then odd down on Saturday without any disrespect to those two sides who I've got an awful lot of time for, um, you've got to view those as two winnable games, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely, you know. Um, but then, you know, we viewed Bridport as a winnable game. So, um, you know, if you, don't, if you don't earn the right in any of these games uh, and you don't stamp your authority on the game and you don't compete from, um, from the first minute, you're not going to win anything. Um, and at the moment, we're learning that journey. Um, you know, I think it's sunk in now. The players are responding. So, you know, yes, we, we go into both of those games really confident. Um, this will be the third time I've played Cadbury Heath. Um, I played them in the FA Vars when I was at, at Sidmouth earlier in the season. Um, and obviously, you know, they've had obviously quite a poor result of the weekend for, for them, I imagine, getting beaten 9-0 by Willand. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they respond on Tuesday night. But, you know, we're at home. Um, confidence is, is high after a really good win. Um, you know, and I think what's been pleasing for me is, you know, the four games that we've had in, you know, in the new year, you know, we've won three and lost one. So we're on a little bit of a run, um, but we'll take that, you know, and, um, you know, we're enjoying the confidence and we're enjoying that we're starting to hopefully turn the corner and, you know, tomorrow's another big game for us. Well, we can't have a conversation, Richard, without having a chat about the weather. And, of course, I'm sure that one thing that must have struck you when taking this position was the extraordinary finish that Buckland had to last season. Of course, I think it was, was it nine games in 11 days? I don't think you've had any postponements yet. I mean, you'll correct me if I'm wrong. You certainly haven't had any of the magnitude of last season. So I imagine you, you and everybody at the club's got everything crossed and um, that you can see out this, this um, particular fixture list in orderly fashion. Uh, I'm hoping so, yeah, because I think at the moment our, our fixtures will finish you know, subject to the Les Phillips Cup final, which we're hoping to get into. Um, it will finish at the end of April. Um, you know, that, that gives the players a, 
you know, a good rest um, because, you know, anyone who wants to be part of my squad next season will be getting together for pre-season in in um, mid-June, sorry. Um, So, you know, the players will be getting back, you know, especially early next year because, um, you know, we're going to give it a real go and make sure we're fully prepared and fully equipped, ready for a good campaign for the, you know, the the 2019-20 season. Richard, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to the podcast. And we wish you well for the rest of the season. With a bit of luck and the following wind, we might even get a chance to uh, to catch up with you towards the end of the season and see how you get on in that Les Phillips Cup competition. Uh, next up is Cribs. They entertained Brislington. Yeah, and this was some uh, late drama down there at the Lawns. Uh, Brislington going ahead in this one, so the away side uh, leading. Uh, thanks to a deflected effort from uh, Mike Rimmer, uh, but then Cribs managed to managed to to get back in on, on level terms. Jason Vincent, he's in pretty good form at the moment. Uh, he managed to, to yeah, as I say, level things up. And then just eight minutes uh, left on the clock, and it was Dan Monk uh, who, who who managed to to slot home and uh, give Cribs the two-one win. Another two-one scoreline between Wellington and Roman Glass St George. Yeah, and it came in in similar fashion uh, for Wellington. Uh, as, as it did for Cribs, uh, they did fall behind. Uh, Sam Wentland volleying ahead, uh, the Roman Glass and George that is uh, from a corner. Uh, but it was Wellington who managed to, to come from behind, and it was two goals really early in the in the second half, uh, in the space of two minutes. Uh, and it was Lewis Tasker and then Tom Hawkins. So yeah, twice in quick succession scoring, uh, and they managed to hold on for the, the remainder of the second half. And uh, yeah, and, and claim a two-one win at home to Roman Glass and George. Now, uh, Westbury United, um, they took on Hengrove, and uh, I think um, um, poor old Hengrove, um, well, they, they found themselves... That Westbury had a little bit of a reaction, shall we say, from that match away at Willand in the week. Uh, in the week. Yeah, a little bit lamb, lamb to the slaughter almost, uh, Hengrove having to, to travel to take on uh, on a Westbury side, obviously, as you say. A uh, little, bit, little bit to prove after the midweek defeat, and it was, yeah, it was a, a 5-0 win uh, for Westbury, so... Uh, back on track, um, Callum Demkiv, uh, he scored twice in this one, so obviously adding to his ever-growing tally this season. Uh, and there was also goals from a couple of new names, George Bendel, uh, Will Stead, and there was also a first-half goal from Jamie Jordan. And, uh, yeah, a 5-0 win for, for Westbury, and, yeah, as you say, back on track. Well, <coughs> Will and Rovers, um, our final match in the Premier Division, Will and Rovers against Cadbury Heath, and... Um, Willem Rovers proving that uh, anything Westbury can do, they can do better. A 9-0 uh, something uh, for Willand over, over Cadbury Heath. And, uh, yeah, not, not much to say about this one. Obviously, Willand proving yeah, close to unstoppable at the moment. Um, yeah, no signs of, uh, of letting up. And it was Craig Duff. Uh, another early start for them, obviously, we mentioned there. 15-second uh, lead they built the other the other night, and it was two minutes this time, so it took a little bit longer. <laughs> They're slipping, then. Craig... <laughs> <laughs> they are a little bit. Uh, Craig Duff uh, scoring uh, to put them ahead pretty early on, uh, and then there was also Ryan Guffey and Dean Stamp um, uh, adding to that, making it 3-0 after less than half an hour, so pretty much wrapping things up. Uh, so, yeah, it was, there was obviously more goals after that. Luke Morton scoring again, uh, Brett Warby. Uh, scoring a, a brace, uh, as did Brad, Al- Brad Alston. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that was a, a 9-0 win for Willand. And, uh, yeah, no, as I say, it's going to have to find uh, a, a tougher team to take them on and uh, knock them off at the moment because they're looking pretty, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty immaculate. 
Whilst we need some supplies for tomorrow... Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Toolstation. But it's, uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Toolstation website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock, hit this button, thanks hand, and it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect. Another helping hand from Toolstation. Your best mate for the job. Now, moving on to the First Division, a few more postponements in the First Division, but still plenty of football to talk about, and we start off with the action at Ashton and Backwell United. Yeah, indeed. Uh, claiming a 1-0 win over Cowan, obviously. Uh, Cowan toward the top of the table, um, but they fell to a, a 1-0 defeat here. Ashton, yeah, obviously, Ashton and Backwell themselves doing well, up in, up in fourth now, and it was a single goal, uh, managing to split the sides here. And it was uh, nine minutes from time, so obviously it was a close affair. And it was uh, Dan Elson who managed to score the vital goal uh, to give Ashton back a victory over Cowan. Our next game, uh, high-flying Chard Town took on Sherbourne Town. Yeah, and this was probably the, the shocker of the week. Uh, Chard, yeah, as you say, up in third place. And with uh, Kane Chimchetta being being one of those games postponed, they, they had a little bit of an opportunity to, to gain some ground on the top two. Uh, but they came unstuck against Sherbourne, obviously, toward the... The lower, the lower uh, reaches of the, the table, uh, but it was a, a goal from Ashley Clark during the uh, early stages of the second half, which decided this one, and uh, yeah, gave Sherborne a second league win over Chard this season. So um, yeah, pretty, pretty amazing uh, double for them, and it was Chard's first home league defeat of the season. So uh, an absolutely fantastic result for Sherborne. One of the games that we were really hoping to talk about on this week's podcast, of course, was Cheddar against Canesham. Unfortunately, that one didn't beat the weather, which is a real shame. Although, one of the benefits I hope that does come from that postponement is that if it's a midweek fixture, that frees up a lot of um, uh, fans across the Western League to be able to go and watch that fixture without it clashing with the, with the normal Saturday list. Because um, that is a game between two form sides at the top of the first division that I think um, you know, really deserves a monster crowd. I think it'll be a hugely entertaining match. So hopefully that particular rain cloud um, had, a, had a silver lining. Anyway, we, we, we'll stop talking about the weather and, and return to matters on the pitch. And Chippenham Park, they were in very impressive form against a team we fancied, Longwell Green Sports. Yeah, Longwell Green Sports has been doing really well recently, so this was a, a slightly surprising result. Uh, going down to a 4-1 defeat uh, away at Chippenham Park. Uh, now two wins in three for them, so uh, doing pretty well themselves. Uh, Reese Tam- Talmash, I think it is, uh, he scored twice uh, for their own side. He's been doing well recently. Uh, definitely a name to look out for, and there was also goals from Devon Bryan, I think, uh, recently, recently acquired by uh, Chippenham Park, and then Zane Leamy also. So uh, yeah, four-one win for, for Chippenham Park against uh, the informed uh, Longwell Green. Now, Warminster Town, they've been in good form of late, and they continued that with a re- with a very good crowd of 104 at home to Bishop's Lydiard. Yeah, it's good to see Warminster. Obviously, had a really pretty pretty promising start to the. The, the season uh, tailored off a little bit, but yeah, back in, back in, back in towards the uh, the mid table, down down in eleventh now. So they're certainly capable of pushing up and, and gaining a top half finish. And uh, a two 0 win for them, as you say, uh, home to home to Bishop's Lydiard. It was Charlie Walton and Connor Mackay uh, scoring uh, before the break in this one. And uh, yeah, they managed to hang on in the second half and uh, gain the three points. I'm delighted to welcome back to the Tool Station Western League podcast. It's an old friend of the podcast. It's Andy Crabtree, the manager of Warminster Town. Andy, thank you very much um, for taking the time to speak to us. And congratulations on that 2-0 win against Bishop's Lydiard at the weekend. Yeah, 
Oh, it was a pleasure, thank you, Ian. Yeah, I, you know, it was a good win. Um, we had to work hard for it, as always, because the pitch was a little bit uh, worse for wear, so to speak. But, um, no, it was a good win. That was a good win, but possibly more impressive was that three-all draw away at Chard. I mean, they've been in very good form this season, so, I mean, were you pleased to get to, to get that point on the road? Yeah, um, well, to be fair, since sort of... Uh, I know we went over to Radstock and lost. We were on the receiving end of a 4 3 uh, victory. And I remember writing at the time in the paper that I was a bit with uh, us conceding tough goals and losing games that you know, were winnable. You know, that's no disrespect to Radstock. I read the right after that, after that, to be fair. Uh, I went out and signed a few players. You know, my patience had sort of run out with people, you know. And um, since then, we've never looked <laughs> <laughs> We've only lost the one game, which was at Backwell. And to be fair, we were a little bit unfortunate there. Um, we lost 2-1. And on the day, I thought we were the better side. If they were honest, they'd probably say we were as well. We were, it was in a penalty that was a little bit unfortunate. You know, and that's the only game we've lost in, I think, eight games. So, you know, we, we have been equipping ourselves quite well. And um, we look like scoring all the time, which is, you know good because if you're creating chances you've always got a chance of winning games well, You must be doing something right because I mean I know that you've been involved in football in Western League football for a while so to get that reaction from your team after a disappointing result I think that um, you must have been very pleased with that Anybody who knows me who's played for me know what I'm like in the changing room I like things done properly and unfortunately there were a few things that day that, that weren't done properly and um People were told in no uncertain manner, you know, I, I didn't hold back, I didn't hold any punches, you know. That was that, I'd had enough, and, you know, and I wasn't prepared to put up with the attitude that some of us were showing. And, you know, and, and we've got to push on. I want the club to progress, I, you know, as I told you earlier in the season. I don't ever want to be in the situation we were in at the end of last season again. I live in this town, you know, and I care about the football club. But I don't ever want to see that club in that state again. Because it's been mismanaged um, and from top to bottom, and uh, I don't, I don't, you know, Olivia, I care. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we talk on the podcast a lot with First Division managers in particular about how any side can beat any side in the First Division. And a lot of what goes on in, in sport, and, and of course normally we're talking about professional sport, is in the margins. And, and it may well be that actually that inconsistency, literally that the margins are so slight in the First Division that actually the team that is slightly more focused on the day, that gives them that little 1% edge that they need to get the result. Oh, definitely, yeah. And, and a lot of it, a lot of it is players' attitudes. We're quite fortunate we've got sort of 16 or 17 at the minute, you know, possibly sort of up to 20 when we get a few back from injury in a squad. And they're all pulling their weight. You know, when somebody gets injured, we've got someone to come in and they'll pull their weight and they keep their place in the side. And the other guys have to be patient to get back in. We've got some good youngsters coming through. And, you know, they're learning all the time. You know, they're learning because we have got a little bit more experience now. And it does help the youngsters because I was a little bit concerned about us being a little bit lightweight because our pitch is notoriously <laughs> heavy. And um, with the younger players, it does tend to take its toll on them. Well, when we, when we spoke last time, I mean, you alluded to it earlier. 
Well, actually, at the time earlier in the season, of course, I think actually you were at the top of the table. And um, I know you didn't get carried away, but I certainly did. I thought that was a fantastic start for you, particularly given what you'd inherited. Um, you're in mid-table now, but I get the feeling from this interview that perhaps you're not going to settle for that necessarily. You've got one eye looking up, certainly not down. Certainly not looking backwards. <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 you play most teams there now, with the exception of Cheddar. You played Cainton once. And we gave a good account of ourselves that day. I know we lost 3-1, but we gave a good account of ourselves. Probably the biggest, I'd say, hiding we got was at Devizes. And we were a little bit light that day with players. We didn't have a goalkeeper. His car broke down. And it did reflect in the scoreline, to be fair. That's no disrespect to the lad that played in goal. You know, that's probably the only time I felt really disappointed where we let ourselves down a little bit. And that, we had a very young side that day. They learnt a lot from it. You know, they learnt a lot from it. You can't go in there and tell them off, because, to be fair, I put them in that situation. You know, I pick the side. I have to take, you know, I have to take the, uh, you know, it's my decision to pick them. So I take, you know, full responsibility for it. Yeah, well, I mean, in fairness, I was at that game. You know, I actually was, I was very impressed with the second half performance because I don't think you played like a side um, that was as far behind as um, as you were on the score sheet. I think that kept going right to the bitter end. And, um, and uh, you know, and, and as you say, it's difficult in those circumstances when they're giving 100%, it's difficult to be overly, overly critical. But um, if we look ahead... And you've got Portishead on Saturday. Of course, you've just come off a, this good win against Bishops Lydiard. And um, I, I can sense that you're in the sort of mood. Really, this is a good chance for you to get another three points, isn't it? That would be a very difficult game. They've got a good result at the weekend down at Wincanter. You know, they're a good side. And, you know, Portishead, we are, I think we only beat them 1-0 at the start of the season. They gave a good account of themselves. I listened to their manager. You know, he's back on a couple of months back. And it all depends what they have out on the day as well, you know. <laughs> I'm under no illusions. Every game in this league is tough. I'm not, you know, I'd never take anything for granted in this league. And I know the players won't be because I won't let them. That'll be tough. As we'll go into Cheddar on Tuesday, that'll be tough as well. And, and I think we've got Kingsham again later in the month. Um, Calm. So we've got some tough games coming up. Well, you've got Cheddar twice, haven't you? I mean, that's yeah. going to be a real test because... Cheddar looked to me from their results like a, a Premier Division side in in waiting. But actually, that's an opportunity for your team, isn't it? Because if there's an opportunity to really perform and impress against a quality outfit, then then there's no better game really to get up for. No, they're a quality side. They've got some quality players. You know, I've watched them this season, and I know how good they are. You know, they've got two lads up front. They've got quality all over the pitch, to be fair. So, you know... That'd be a difficult game for us, but it'd be good to gauge how far we've come. You know, when you're playing the top sides, you know, like we did down at Charge, you know, in the end, we could have won. We hit, we hit the post twice in the same attack. You know, we hit one post and then hit the other when it would have been easier to score. But, you know, on the day, a draw was a fair result. That's football. <laughs> <clears throat> now, one final question for you, Andy. And that is, well, it's not really so much of a question, really, but I, w I want to have a chat with you about um, a chap called Roland Millward because um, he's not so much a star player for you on the pitch, but he's certainly one off the pitch. 
He does a podcast for the club, and of course, he broadcasts your games on on YouTube. Now, I mean, as I said before, you're a manager with a lot of experience uh, around a lot of clubs in the Western and Southern League. Um, to have that level of coverage, to have that level of marketing, is really quite something um, for Warminster Town, isn't it? That's excellent. You know, he, he's not from around here. To be fair, he's come and watched games at Warminster, and then he started doing, you know his podcasts and then he, now he's doing the paper reports <laughs> he's a great man to have on board you know his enthusiasm for the game is brilliant you know he's always coming out with little quips on Twitter and on he does the Facebook account now as well so it's great you know because what it does it highlights the club it, it gives them good publicity and, and they're out there and people can see that and sometimes it reflects in your gates as well because you know we again on Saturday we had 104 watching you know a lot of clubs would bite your arm off for that, you know, and we get that regularly. He's revamped the uh, website as well, you know, so he's a hard-working man and he's an asset to the club. Absolutely right. I mean, the other thing that strikes me is what do the players make of it? Because, of course, players at sort of non-league level, they're, they're not necessarily doing it for the money, as we know, but actually to have the opportunity to share you know, the goals that they score or the moves that they're involved with or the matches that they play, the victories that they've shared... That's actually quite something, isn't it? I would imagine that the, the coverage is something that gets talked about in the dressing room. It certainly does. I think some of the comments off, off by, by the camera are quite comical. Um, <laughs> we certainly mentioned that. <laughs> uh, the, the, we have got a WhatsApp group, and they say, listen to it with a six minute, and listen to what the bloke says in the background to get one of the players. It's quite comical, to be fair. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it does create a good laugh in the changing room and, and to be fair it highlights sometimes when you make mistakes you can talk to players and tell them you know have a look at the goal and see what you could have done better you, you know yeah. there's, lo- there's lots of ways it can improve <clears throat> that's great Andy thank you very much for your time really appreciate no, it you, and yeah. um, you know we're only in January so with a bit of luck and a following win we'll get a chance to catch up with you before the end of the season and finally in the first division Wincanton Town against Portis Head Town now, there was a modest crowd um, at, this, uh, at this fixture, Tom, but um, frankly, they wouldn't have gone... Well, they, I can't think too many people would have gone home that disappointed because um, there are plenty of goals on, uh, on offer. Yeah, I think it's probably potentially the most entertaining game of the, uh, the day in both divisions. A three-all draw finished there between uh, Wincanton and Portershead. Uh, Alex Fox and Ollie Henry had uh, given the away side a uh, two-goal lead, uh, but then Toby Cole, who's having a really good season for Wincanton, uh, he managed to score twice uh, in pretty quick succession, uh, levelling things up. Uh, but, and then it was Wincanton who went ahead, Chris Hastings uh, completing the turnaround for them. It probably looked at that stage as though they'd probably uh, you know, push on and, and gain the three points. Uh, but credit to Portishead, obviously, battling towards the bottom of the table. Uh, and then with 20 minutes left on the clock, uh, Fox, uh, Alex Fox, that is, scored his second of the game. And uh, he managed to, to grab a share of the points, obviously, uh, points... Uh, Coming at a premium for Porter's head at the moment, um, not down in 19th, so they're definitely chasing chasing these uh, these away draws. And uh, yeah, I think they'll be happy with how it finished. And uh, yeah, good entertaining fixture down there. Absolutely. Now, of course, when um, this podcast goes out, um, the midweek fixtures it's always a bit of a gamble because um, most people, of course, listen after Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever the podcast is um, is broadcast. but um, So we won't worry too much about that, but we will turn our attention to the fixtures 
Um, I was going to say starting on Saturday the 26th of January, but, but actually we're going to start a day earlier than that because we do love a little bit of Friday football, don't we, Tom? And we've got some to talk about this week. Indeed. Uh, Kensham uh, on their travels on Friday night. Uh, they take on Bishop Sutton. Um, Sutton struggling a little bit of recent times, uh, especially at home. So uh, maybe they'll be hoping for a little bit of change of fortune under the, uh, the Friday night lights. Uh, yeah, obviously welcoming a, a Kensham side full of confidence and, uh, yeah, will be uh, doing everything they can to, to keep the pressure on Cheddar. I think Cheddar have got a midweek game, so they could uh, have a six-point lead uh, before the weekend. So Kensham will be, uh, yeah, doing everything they can to make sure uh, that doesn't doesn't extend even further. So, yeah, pretty big, big important game for, for uh, both sides on Friday night down at Bishop's Up. Absolutely. Now, if we look ahead to Saturday the 26th of January, we've got a much um, fuller list of fixtures to, to talk about in both the Premier and, uh, well, I say and in the First Division, actually, there was quite a full list of fixtures in the First Division. It was just the weather that put pay, and I think most of us who've been keeping an eye on the weather this week will know that actually we're in for another cold snap, and, um, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, the rain doesn't come to sort of, you know, uh, add insult to injury in that respect. So let's just hope that most of these fixtures go ahead. In the event that they do, Tom, which, um, which match have you picked out as your game of the weekend in the Premier Division? OK, so in the Premier Division, I've for Clevedon versus Bitten. Uh, obviously, both in the, in the top five. Clevedon, really, really good home form this season. Uh, and they've got 16 wins in the league, so they've been really well. Uh, up in fifth, uh, and they welcome a bit inside of it. Yeah, doing really well. And I'm up in third, obviously. Uh, 17 league wins from their 21 games. So, um, yeah, two really good good sides having really good seasons. Um, a little bit off, uh, a little bit behind Willand, obviously, but certainly capable of matting a matting a matting a second half charge. I mean, looking ahead, I don't know. We'll probably look at the tables in a minute, but bitten two games in hand on Willand and only seven behind. So these are the sort of games. If they are going to catch uh, catch Will, and they're going to probably have to to go to places like Cleveland and win, but that should be a a really good contest. Now I'm going to go for um, Odd Down, who of course we had on the podcast not that long ago against Buckland. Now. these are these are you know this is the classic Western League conundrum. This is because on their day, these two sides, real quality, capable of um, of of getting a result. Um, what I like about this fixture is Buckland have to go away. Buckland, their 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 results so far this year, including over the Christmas festive period, um, they've been they they've run hot and cold. And it depends, I think. If they run cold against Odd Down, I think Odd Down have got um, a very good chance of getting some out of this game. The other fixture I'd like to just highlight, and I'm going to probably live to regret this, but not as much as Roman Glass fans. Um, Roman Glass entertain Willand. Now, Willand have been in massive goal-scoring form, as we know, because you know we've been talking about two of the big matches, uh, big results that they've had against quality sides. Yeah, I really, I still maintain that Roman Glass have got a, um, a false league position. I think that they are a much better side than their 17th um, place um, would suggest. And I bet, I'm not saying that they're going to beat Willand, but I reckon that give them a really good game. I don't think that they're going to get, um, they're going to get hammered. That's famous last words, of course. So, of course, you know, answers on a postcard. You know, please don't write or abuse me on the internet if um, if that turns out not to be the case. But I, I really th- I think they're putting a really good shift in that one. I, I really do. Anyway, there you go. Forever the optimist. Now let's have a look at the the first division, Tom. And I think there were two games here that um, that, that caught your eye. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so we got a couple of uh, yeah, 
should be high quality games. Uh, Khan, obviously, uh, disappointing defeat uh, recently. Uh, they host Caution, uh, another team having a good season up in six. Uh, and that one should be a pretty good one. And then we've also got Chard, obviously. Um, yeah, really disappointing. Uh, home defeat on the weekend and probably a little bit surprising. Uh, and they, they're on their travels. They take on Wells, who have, yeah, done really well of recent. I think they had a nil-nil draw on the weekend, but... Up until then, they've been win- winning a fair few. So uh, another difficult game for Chard, and obviously uh, with with Cheddar and Kenshin not looking like letting up, it's uh, it's up to Chard to to keep pace. And uh, yeah, another kind of similar to to Bitten in the uh, in the Premier Division, who also lie in third. Uh, yeah, definitely needing needing a win to keep up with the top two. So uh, yeah, some interesting games this weekend. I think yeah, Chard travelling to Wales should be a, a good 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 game to see. Well, I very much hope to be able to take my family to watch Devizes Town against um, well, Welton Rovers. Um, but um, I've got a sneaking suspicion. If I had to call out a game um, that perhaps would, would entertain... Um, and now, you're the, you're the man with all the, uh, the statistics, Tom, so you correct me if I'm wrong, but, I mean, Ashton and Backwell and, and Chippenham Park. Chippenham Park's forms had a bit of a... Am I right in thinking that they've been, that they've been, they've been a bit better of late? So maybe that could be quite an eye-catching game. I think so, yeah. And I was also just having a quick look over, uh, looking back down the... And it's probably fair to, to call out Longwell Green Sports against Wincanton as well. Two teams that uh, are doing really well in front of goal. So I wouldn't be surprised if we had, you know... I'm not going to say it's uh, going to be another three-all draw for Wincanton, but it wouldn't surprise me if we saw that sort of scoreline there either. So I think there's... Yeah, just looking at the fixtures this weekend, there's, a, there's quite a lot to, to, to look forward to. Absolutely. We've just got to hope they get on. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> Now, um, before we um, before we move on, um, uh, I think we, we did the goal scorers last week, Tom. So we'll have a quick look at the uh, the league tables. And do you want to do you want to take us through the runners and the riders in the Premier Division? Sure. So uh, obviously, Willand, uh, yeah, stormed their way uh, to a six point lead at the top of the table now in the uh, in the Premier Division. So they've played twenty three. Uh, now on sixty points. Uh, yeah, quite a, quite a good. Quite a good uh, feat they've uh, reached that mark already. Uh, we've got Westbury in second, 23 games played as well. They're on 54, so they're six behind Willand. Uh, and then we've got Bitten. They're probably the uh, the team to watch. 21 games played, so two in hand on both of those ahead of them. Uh, and they're on 53, so certainly capable of uh, yeah of, uh, making their mark if they can win those games in hand. Uh, and then we've also got uh, Bridgewater. They've played 25 on 51. And then Clevedon, having a really good season. 24 games played, they're on 48. Uh, if we have a look at the uh, the, uh, the wrong end of the Premier Division, poor old Shortwood. They've played 23, they've only got two points. I, I, I really think that the writing is on the wall for Shortwood United. Yeah. Hengrove Athletic um, are still quite some way behind Brislington. Um, there is, uh, the Hengrove have played 24 and um, they've got nine points. So they've got an awful lot of work to do, I think, if they're going to make that up on Brislington who have played 25 and they've got 21 points, the same number of points as Roman Glass, who've played 22, and Hallen, just above them, played 24, and they've got 24 points. Um, so that's the, that's the foot of the Premier Division. I mean, we can't really talk about the top of the First Division without talking about Cheddar and Canesham. They're really making it their own, aren't they, Tom? A little bit, yeah, obviously, with the, uh, yeah, especially with the defeats. Uh, for Child and Cowan on the weekend, um, giving uh, Cheddar and uh, Canesham a little bit of respite after their, their postponement. So Cheddar, top of the table. 21 games played, they've got 56 points. 
Uh, Keynesham, a uh, little bit of a sloppy start. So they've played 23 and now on 53. So they're three behind. And Cheddar do have uh, two in hand. So obviously a little bit of catching up to do for Keynesham. Uh, and then we've got the uh, the two the two other sides we mentioned. So we've got Chard in third. They've played 24 and they've got 49 points. Town, they've also played 24. They're on 47. Uh, and then we've got other teams doing pretty well. Uh, we've got Ashton back, 24 played 44 points. And we've got Caution, 24 played 40 points. So yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of sides having uh, pretty good seasons uh, at the top of the first division. But it's yeah, looking like Cheddar and Keynesham who are going to be uh, potentially the ones to, to pull away a little bit if that does materialise. And at the bottom of the first division, things are slightly more congested than um, they were in the Premier Division. Bristol Telephones are in 20th. They have played 23, they've got 12 points. Five points above them are Portishead Town. Portishead have played 23 and have got 17 points. The same number of points as Radstock Town. Now, I mean, regular listeners to the podcast will know that I do keep more than a watchful eye on Radstock, and Radstock have appeared right down at the bottom, in a dangerous position. I don't think anybody wants to finish in the bottom two of the first division because we all know the potential fate that could await one of those sides. Um, but um, Radstock, yeah, played 22, 17 points. Two points above them. Chippenham Park played 23, 19 points. And just above them, it's Sherbourne played 23, 21 points. So a little bit congested. Of course, any of those sides put a run of two or three wins back-to-back together and they could, um, you know, they could be looking at the safety of of mid-table, but um, um, still plenty to play for at the bottom of First Division. Tom, thank you very much indeed for your time, as always, this week. Um, you're welcome. I know you're always a busy man at the weekend, so um, uh, we've been looking at your bulletin, and that, of course, is available on the Tool Station Western League website. Yeah, indeed. That, uh, yeah, that was uh, published yesterday, so that should be on the uh, the homepage, uh, and then there's also a tab on top, which will take you to the, uh, yeah, the most recent... Uh, most recent, um, yeah, bulletin, sorry, which was, yeah, yeah, look back on all the games that have happened over the weekend. And your column, is that in the, um, is that in the non-league paper? Indeed, yeah, yeah, so that's uh, the Premier Division roundups. obviously, a couple, only five games, I think it was this weekend, and we mentioned them all on the podcast, so uh, yeah, good roundup of those games, and that's gone in the uh, step five and six section in the uh, non-league paper, yeah. Excellent stuff. Um, well, thank you very much for your time, Tom, and uh, I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast.